Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing Page Optimization expert, Tim Ash, is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome back, loyal listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, I am honored and pleased to have my friend and uh, Ollie Gardner back. He's the co-founder of Unbounce, uh, and as he likes to say, he's seen more landing pages than anyone in the world. That's a lot of landing pages, Ollie. How many exactly have you seen? Uh, it's coming up on 80,000. <laughs> so that's 80,000 people that are using your content management system to create <laughs> landing pages, right? You haven't actually stayed up at night and, and flipped through every single one. No, I mean, well, in terms of how many have been in the system, there's been over a million landing pages published using Unbounce. Um, but specifically, I reach out to our IT department every now and then and say, hey, guys, give me like a, a dump of screenshots. So sometimes they send me 1,000, sometimes the last time they sent me 15,000. So I, you know, <laughs> I, I open this, I'm opened up and I, I literally just sit there hitting the arrow keys going through trying to spot trends and, and finding ones that I like or, you know, so what, while I'm doing research. So, so I, I think you'd, you'd be a really good candidate for nickel slots in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> you probably have that same expression, a glazed over expression on your face, right? It's like pull that one arm bandit one more time. Yeah, it can it can make your eyes bleed after a while, but it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely enlightening. All right, well, well, let, let's talk about that. I mean, uh, there's a lot of uh, kind of frameworks for how to approach landing pages and obviously improving them and conversion um, rate optimization. I know you have pretty robust uh, testing capabilities built into your platform. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's frameworks that come from, um, you know, kind of uh, copywriting or uh, grabbing visual attention or appealing to certain kinds of, I guess, you know, you'd call them character types or, or right. brain chemistry setups, you know, like ADD people like me versus deliberate people <laughs> and so on. Uh, you know, and um, what and I understand that you're writing a new book on attention-driven design, and so I'd like you to talk about... Um, I guess I want to focus on this segment on attention manipulation. Now, obviously, the overall goal is conversion, but uh, you know, how does attention play into that? How, what's, what's your own personal framework for getting higher converting landing pages? Yeah, um, my overall framework is called conversion-centered design, which is it's seven principles that kind of get you from – it's how to, how to set up an effective campaign using landing pages – and the first principle is attention. So I'm now breaking it down to write specifically about attention-driven design, which you mentioned ADD. So this is my version of ADD, which is designed to combat the real-life ADD. <laughs> uh, well, very good. Well, so um, yeah, but let's just, very quickly, let's just run through the other six as well. Uh, what, are, what are the words? Just what's the conversion framework you're right. using at the top yeah, level? Yeah. It's uh, attention, then contrast, clarity, congruence. Credibility, closing, and continuance. Okay, so there's definitely a strong uh, bent in that, I would say, for direct response. Obviously, since you're coming from a landing pages world, most of the landing pages are designed to convert immediately on the page, right? So, yes, is that yeah. fair to say? So, there's a there's kind of a built in bias towards, you know, pardon me, crapper, get off the pot. You know, <laughs> in, in some ways, I mean, definitely for, for lead gen, but if you're talking about e-commerce, then, you know, you're warming someone up before pushing them further down the purchase funnel. But 
so it's not all about keeping them there, but for the most part, yes, the whole experience is there um, to you know really focus their attention on what they should be doing. All oh, right, yeah. so back to attention. Yeah. Let's let's expand on that. Let's go down the, uh, the down rabbit. the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reading my mind, I hate it when you do that. <laughs> um, so the fundamental part of uh, attention-driven design is attention ratio. So that's the ratio of the number of things you can do on a page to the number of things you should be doing. So think of a homepage. You can there's maybe forty links on there. That's that's too many on a dedicated landing page you should aim for an attention ratio of one-to-one because there's only ever one campaign goal. So that's why that's important. That's why landing pages are important. Um, but then breaking down ADD, there are 23 design principles, the classic design principles. I'm not making them up. Um, I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to make sense of how you can use them, how you can apply them to the design and the structure of your page. Uh, so I guess from the top level, you have two main things. There's visual hierarchy, which is how you use design to give importance to what's important on your page. Um, and then there's information hierarchy, which is telling the story in the correct order, which a lot of people get wrong, usually because of the structure and the layout of, the, of your landing page design. It, you're jumping around and the, the story, you can read things out of sequence. And yeah, that and this help. question, you know, well, let's talk about, let's expand on that a little, because when I see direct response landing pages, I often see, for example, a two-column layout, and the headline only spans the left column, but the call to actions in the right column. So, you know, like even centering headlines and basic concepts like that, where so they they kind of newspaper style span all the column heads below, you know, uh, things like that. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, yeah. Um, the most important thing to remember is that copy inf- informs design, not the other way around. You shouldn't, you, you know, you should always write your campaign copy first, and then design an experience to communicate that visually. If you start, you know, say you have a template, that's good; it's a great starting place if you pick the right one. But you don't write three bullet points because there are three bullet points in the design. That's the <laughs> wrong, that's the wrong way about it, right? Maybe you don't need any. Maybe you need seventeen. Right, so you write your content first, and then design an experience around that. Okay, that, that's a that's a great tip. And then, but again, when I talk about direct response landing pages, uh, and in terms of the text on the page, we uh, refer to it here in the office as the Holy Trinity. And so the headline on the page, what the whole page is about, right? Then you narrow the scope and you go into your action block. Let's say it's a form or something, uh, and there's got to be a subheadline that says. What's the point of interacting with this action block? And then the third thing we want you to see is the call to action, usually a button. Uh, and, and those things have to line up both visually as well as uh, kind of in terms of their scope from wider to narrower scope. So what's the page about? Why should I mess with this action block? And what happens when I push the button? That should be crystal clear. That kind yeah. Of and one of the biggest mistakes I see is the misordering of information. If you look at just look at landing pages and look at the headline and the subhead. Very often they're in the wrong order because people try and write a clever headline and then they add the clarity in the subhead. So right. it's, you're basically wasting your, people's time with the headline at that point. Often if you just simply reverse them, you instantly double the clarity of the page. 
Yeah, so example, uh, the best raw dog food in the world. Uh, start your free trial here. Get my dog food. Okay, that might be like a logical step. If you had those three out of sequence, get my dog food, start your free trial here, might not make so much sense, right? So Yeah, exactly. And, and people really try and get clever with headlines. And, you know, sometimes that works if it's really on brand, And but... Clarity beats clever, pretty much. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do a big barf here about brand. Uh, ah, okay, that's all right. Yeah, on on brand, you know what that is? That's just a conversation ender uh, in my in my mind. It's that's off brand. Uh, I mean, that that's pretty meaningless. I mean, I think it's okay to have a, a funny editorial tone, but clever headlines almost never work. I mean, because they require you to think consciously, which is yeah, the last yeah. thing you want someone to do if you want them to act on your page. Right, and, but it, it depends on the context. I mean, if it's someone who's very familiar with you, they're on the, your list or they're a customer, you can play with things in a different way. So if your campaign is email-driven, you already have a conversation that started before they click the link. So it's a little bit different in that instance, like say compared to a PPC campaign where you need your headline to match the ad like almost word for word. You know, there are different levels of context depending on the inbound channel. Yeah, and if you're used to a certain kind of sarcasm, let's say you you watch uh, or you read the oatmeal or something like that, you're used to right. their kind of like funny quips and humor and and uh, funny headlines. So yeah, if you've been conditioned to it, in other words, it's yeah. okay. But but don't try this at home. Don't try it. <laughs> don't try it with a stranger, right? No, no, definitely not. Okay, well we're, we're, we've come up on our first commercial break, and um, I, I can't wait to continue our conversation. We'll be back in two minutes with Ali Gardner. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Welcome back to LPO, landing page optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. 
And we're back, loyal listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Uh, my guest this week is Ali Gardner, the co-founder of Unbounce. And we're talking, no surprise, since they have a content management uh, platform for landing pages, making landing pages more effective. So uh, we talked about one of the principles, which um, it was basically starting, well, it wasn't one of the principles, but a great practice, which is starting with the copy first. Uh, but then if, if you have to put in the rest of the page structure. So tell me a little bit more about the ways that you can manipulate attention on the page. Right. Um, so, yeah, like I said, uh, there are 23 design principles that I've identified as being relevant to influencing um, behavior. One really important one is proximity. So things that are positioned close together are assumed to have a relationship. Um, a great example of doing this well and poorly is what I call closers. So that's either a design element or a statement, just some copy, close to your call to action. Because it's in close proximity, it's related. Uh, So it's a a really good way of influencing someone to click your call to action, or it's a really dangerous way of making them run away. Well, yeah, so what's, what's, uh, in some industries, uh, you're required to have a disclaimer, and the disclaimer is required to be next to or even above the button, and man, Mm -hmm. we all hate that, and we hate the lawyers, right? Um, But other times, it can actually be helpful. Uh, I saw a lot, well, I know many, many millions of dollars have been made by Amazon by putting the, you can always change this later, right below their one-step checkout. So they're telling you you can reverse your actions and they're not fatal or committing you to anything. Or, you know, our pri- read our privacy policy. Those, even the little text link can have a huge effect. Yeah, and, and people have good intentions, but sometimes you don't know the impact of what you're doing. Um, you know, a webinar registration. If you say, hey, you can't make it, sign up anyway, we'll send you the recording. That relieves some of the anxiety of not being able to show up. So you can get more leads that way. Um, but... On the other hand, I ran a test recently. It's for a landing page course. It's just a click-through. There's no, there's no lead gen. And beneath, I'm the course author, so people are, you know, I'm associated with it. So beneath the call to action, I put my photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, I hope you enjoy this free course. So reinforcing the fact that it doesn't cost anything and just saying, oh, and I'm the course author and co-founder of Unbats, right? So I think this is a nice, friendly way of introducing getting someone to do this. Right. My face lost by 14%. Ah, uh, well, I could have told you. I think, I think you need to shave daily. That's true. <laughs> it's, you, you know, you go for that Don Johnson Miami Vice look, and it's just, it, uh, you're, you're only getting the women with that one. Okay. Well, that, that's an interesting point, actually. I read a case study yesterday. Uh, it was an e commerce uh, page for selling uh, some kind of men's wear. And the photo had a clean-shaven man. They tested it against giving... Actually, they drew a beard on him. <laughs> and it converted better because <laughs> I guess it was related to the type of product, but you know, maybe they Well, actually, actually not. You know what? They've, they've actually studied this quite extensively. And it turns out about a 7 to 10-day growth on men is the most attractive. Right. So uh, you don't want to be clean-shaven and you don't want to be one of those, you know... Uh, metrosexual lumberjack types either. Lumbersexual, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Lumbersexuals, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay, maybe, maybe you got the right 
the the medium amount of facial <laughs> hair. No, no, but but actually, that's I think that goes to talking about attention manipulation. The the issue that I see with putting your face there is that we have a special part of the brain that's there just to detect faces. Works twice as fast as the general mm-hmm. kind of object recognition system. So uh, we get a lot of very valuable information about faces. So we're going to pay attention to them, and maybe that was a visual distraction more than it was a credibility yeah. builder. Yeah, for sure. Um, ah, I, I forget the name. There's a, a site that's just come out. Ah, I really forget the name, but you can put your photo on it and people rate it. This is like hot or not, but it's like for business. So <laughs> they, rate, they rate it as uh, how um, influential are you, how, let's say, delightful and how something else. There's, there's three criteria. Right, right. And uh, I got 77% across the board. Uh, and it's just, it's just really interesting to see how people are perceiving how professional you are based on your photo. It's, it was kind of fun. Yeah, well, there's a, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Vince Vaughn is, uh, is doing a movie right now. Um, and he did this really funny parody where they did these uh, stock photography, generic people smiling yeah, and laptops yeah. <laughs> in the office thing. But, but it actually had him and his co-star in the pictures. Yeah, that just, was really good. So, so I think one thing we can agree on is definitely don't decorate with stock photography of people unless it's uh, directly yeah. supporting your conversion action. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, Absolutely. Yeah, that was a that was a funny campaign, but it's, yeah. But the thing is, people have good intentions, and unless you test the things you're trying, you know, your assumptions can be so far off. All right. Well, let's talk about a couple more principles here. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what do you think um, are the most salient ones? Uh, in, or, or let's put it this way: the ones that people most often get wrong. Oh, get wrong. Um, consistency is one. Um, you know, you talk about cognitive load or having to uh, interpret something when you're looking at it. So let's say you have a long page and you have testimonials throughout, like not just in one bunch. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you don't design them identically, every time someone comes across one, they have to, there's that little bit of time where you have to interpret what this block of content is. Whereas if it's exactly the same, when you come there, there's no extra processing required. So you just, oh, it's one of those, it's one of those. And it's easier to, it's easier to understand the page when each content type is represented the same way throughout some people just get crazy like at least six fonts they'll be you know you'll just treat things differently throughout the page so consistency aids then you know the readability of the page well so to quote prince from diamonds and pearls and one of the songs on that there's joy in repetition right (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So, make sure you have the same block if it's your call to action or or a unit like you say. Whether it's it's font treatments, I've seen pages where uh, click clickable links have three different representations: stuff that looks like the rest of the text on the page, stuff that's underlined, and stuff that's bolded. Those are all clickable links on the same page. Yeah, and if you know. If people did that correctly, we wouldn't need heat map software. <laughs> I mean, no <laughs> click right. map software because yeah, people... It's kind of obvious where you should click, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of a flip of that, though, as well as a technique is pro- uh, not proximity. It's uh, anomaly. So let's think... Imagine you're doing a, you have a conference and you have all the speaker photos. Now, if you want someone specifically to stand out, uh, maybe they're like really important. You can put them for you can put them above the rest or something. You can separate them, or you can put them. Let's say they're all circles. You can, wherever they are, you can make it a square immediately. Or put a different background color on it, or or put their head upside down. I've actually seen <laughs> attention grabber as well. Well, that's like the, um, one of my favorite 
ad campaigns of all time was the Diamond Shreddies one, where they just rotated the Shreddy by 45 degrees and it, it sold more. You know, it, it's <laughs> yeah, well, well, that, that's, that's a really important principle because um, that's a pattern interrupt. I mean, if we look at the yeah. three kind of basic brains we have, the reptilian brain, mammalian brain, and then kind of our, our human brain on top of that, uh, they only let the human brain and the conscious brain get involved if it's something non-dangerous and novel, that's when you need to start thinking about it. Right. It's dangerous. Yeah. The reptilian brain will deal with it. If you've seen it already, the emotional brain goes, been there, done that, and don't need to see it again. So it, you know, any ways to break through common patterns or do something unusual as an, as an attention grabber works. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, awesome. uh, attention grabbing, I mean, motion is is a good way of getting someone's attention, but it's really dangerous. I mean, it's becoming a design trend right now. Um, there's a lot of moving parts all of a sudden on landing pages. You know, as you scroll down, like this lazy loading, as you scroll down, something flies in from the side or it starts rotating or does all these things. That can be very, very impactful unless you go crazy on it. Like, you know, theme designers, like if you look at WordPress themes or something, there's just so mm-hmm. much crap everywhere. Everything's moving. Everything's Everything's moving. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you don't, you don't need to, you're preaching to the choir on that one because, <laughs> you know, you know uh, what a big fan I am of motion on the page at all. Unless it directly supports a call to action, that's yeah. the nuclear option because, again, you have to become aware of stuff moving in your visual field or you wouldn't survive. So we can't not look in motion triggered stuff. Uh, but like you say, it could be used for good or evil. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, sometimes it can be, it's nice as a scroll trigger. Like, if your sometimes designs don't really look like there's more going on the page, especially in certain so yeah, browsers. Yeah, so you had a little bouncy down arrow near the the page to let them know it's a long scrolling page. Yeah, things like that. I mean, that's that's the, the current design trend. But yeah. anything like that is important because there are some browsers in certain state uh, states where not not U.S. states, but <laughs> state of use, <laughs> like whatever you're doing. Sometimes the scroll bar doesn't even show up unless you're scrolling. Right, right, right. So yeah, there's so nothing they're, they're to hidden. indicate it's a longer page, yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, unfortunately, we're up against our second commercial break. Uh, we will be back, and I mean, I know, you know, Canadians are a little odd. Uh, you know, you're <laughs> likable, no one hates you, so that part's good. But um, I have a sordid tale of your Canadian origins, which you won't hear very much from the U.S. When we come back, we're going to find out about your work in a beehive factory. Stay <laughs> tuned, loyal listeners. We'll be back. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. 
Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization, uh, talking to my friend Ollie Gardner, the co-founder of Unbounce. Ollie, WTF, you worked in a beehive factory. Yes, I did. It was my first job. What is that even? I'm sorry. Most people, you know, they they go flip burgers at McDonald's or Beehive Factory. Yeah, well, someone's going to make them, right? I mean, it's not the bees. (laughs) They make the honey, but they don't make the hive. (laughs) I thought thought they did make the hive. What do you mean? You're talking about the artificial ones, though. Yeah, the the, the big boxy things. Um, Yeah, it's my first job. It was in Scotland where I grew up. and uh yeah i was I was fourteen, I think, um so as a factory, you know there are lots of different places around the factory you work in like different different construction elements so and you you had to go around working in all of them, which is not a bad idea because you'd blow your brains out if you had to do the same thing every day um <laughs> So, so you, you know, one day you'd be, or you, or you could just go, you know, do some caber tossing to let off some steam. You know, I guess we're, we are talking about Scotland, right? Uh, get a sheep, maybe? No, I'm sorry, I'm off track. <laughs> oh, I could go down the wrong direction there. Um, yeah, so they say one element would be you're constructing the the slats. You know, that you that you put the the beeswax the framing, in. Yeah, right. yeah so mm-hmm. with that you have. I think there were four pieces of wood and you had a nail gun and you had to kind of put them together and you do this like a thousand times. Um, but we figured out that if you pull the safety back on the front of it, you could actually fire it like a gun so you can spit nails across the room. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is a 14-year-old boy, that's ex- you know, exactly what you should be doing. Uh, so my friend does that, but he had his finger over the edge, so he ended up with a nail right through his finger, which I had to remove. <laughs> I had to yank it out while he's screaming and blood everywhere. So uh, this is what passes for entertainment in Scotland, is what you're really telling me. Yeah, I grew up in a pretty small village. <laughs> there was <laughs> climbing trees and bows and arrows. That was kind of uh, that's what we did. <laughs> and 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 now at the top of your game in online marketing. All right. Well, well let, let's close on 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 just um, you know, uh, one thing that nobody's doing that you you strongly urge them to do. And no one is doing. Um, well, people know to do this, but don't they don't do it. My, that's my, my point yeah yeah not, so my my the my favorite acronym in the world that i made up um it stands for never start a marketing campaign without a dedicated landing page so you <laughs> you, can, you can i mean I'm, actually i'm going to type that so i can say it out loud so n s a m c w a d l p Nassam Quadlpa. <laughs> but conversely and this is important too never build a landing page without establishing a campaign goal. Until you know what the purpose of your campaign is, you, you shouldn't go running off and building a landing page. Or to paraphrase Covey in one of his principles is, you know, begin with the end in mind, 
I mean, you have to have a purpose. You have to have a specific action or maybe a combination or choice of actions that you want them to take, right? Yes, but yeah, but you have to, you have to plan from the start. Um, or, yeah, I mean, either way you visualize it, yeah, I guess. But, and, and that extends to um, understanding the upstream traffic sources uh, mm-hmm. and, and things like that, right? And, and the visitor's intent, the context they came from. Yeah, and actually, that's a good point. Um, every, ideally, every inbound channel would have its own landing page because the context is so different. You know, an email has a conversation, a tweet has virtually none, search has intent. So they're, they're all very different. And if you f- well, email is even more segmented. I mean, if you think about if you're doing it right and using marketing automation, you, you may have people in very different states or relationships to you in terms of their trust, the number of emails they've opened, and, and things like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the amount of information you need to gather because you've already got some. So you know, don't constantly ask for an email address when you already have it. There are different levels. Yeah, so... so um, what is kind of in terms of the biggest disconnects you've seen when people don't take that into account? Uh, take us out on a, on a high dramatic note. Uh, give us an example. You don't have to name names of someone that didn't do this and, um, and whether well, they're still in business. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I can't think of someone specifically, but in, in my research, I mean, I look at roughly, if you average it, a thousand landing pages a week right now. Ouch. And, you know, I have a stat based on just my rough counting, that 98% of landing pages suck. <laughs> and that's, that's based on the missing kind of the two, core, the two first of my principles, one attention ratio that they, they send to their homepage, or, and then context. They don't match the, there's no message match or design match. You know, when you have a, um, a Facebook ad with a picture of a dude on a laptop and a certain headline, and you get to the page, the guy's not there anymore, and the headline's different, you're like, yeah. Ah. That you just lost the information sent. Uh, I mean, I think yeah. that I think that that really is probably a really really good thing to to end with uh, in, in an overriding um, probably backdrop to this whole discussion, which is the number one driver of conversion is matching your visitors' intent. Mm-hmm. Definitely delivery on the promise that you made before the click. Aho! All right. Well, Ali, I want to thank you again for being on the program. Uh, you're the first frequent flyer in, on the show <laughs> the only person I've ever had on twice uh, hopefully we'll, we'll actually break it and, and even the, through the two barrier and have you on again loyal listeners we'll see you on the flip side This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.